morning, good afternoon, or good evening to those who are watching us today. After a couple of months break uh, that was dedicated for contemplation and replanning, we are back to the game and I'm happy to present you another inspirational conversations episode. If you're watching us for the first time, then you should know that this podcast was born from the wish to inspire people in many possible ways and to empower them in their journey to become more balanced persons. Today, when we're recording this video, cruel things are happening in Ukraine. Many other cruel situations are happening all over the world daily as well. And this shows that humanity is really out of balance and in many cases out of its mind. Uh, people all over the globe are suffering from anxieties, worries, depression, grief. And I hope that this episode can bring at least a tiny help to those who want to learn to stay calm in this chaotic world. One of the ways actually to stay sane and calm is, is meditation. I'm happy to see more and more people willing to learn and start meditation in daily life. People realize uh, the strong effect of it on their mental and physical health. And everyone speaks about different types of meditations and different ways to meditate. But at the end, you are the one who have to choose what suits you the best. In Also in the past episodes, uh, the guests of Inspirational Conversations podcast were mentioning different types of meditations, but we never spoke about the vocal toning meditations. To speak about that and other voice and harmony related angles, I invited Alicia Koppensteiner today, who is based in Vienna and teaching people since 2008. She works with specific methods from body, breath, and voice work to open and free person's very own sound and bring about deep personal transformation. As she says, freeing your own voice means activating your very own potential. I'm happy you are here, Alicia. Thank you, Yogile, for inviting me and hello, everybody. So tell us what inspired you to become a sound voice facilitator and what led you to, to this profession? Okay, so um, what it, there is a thread that uh, started more than 25 years ago now and, and that I've been following, like following my, my passion or following a call somehow. Um, uh, without making it sound too, I don't know, big or something, but without really knowing where it would lead or where it would click in a way. And uh, so what, what really sparked the interest in the voice was a book that I came across as a young biology student. So I think it was in the second semester, maybe beginning of third, I don't remember exactly. So in the late 90s mm -hmm. and um, 
and I found this book. I, I was interested in. I, I started to study biology because I was interested in bringing harmony to the world. Um, and I studied ecology. I specialized in ecology, and so I was interested in chaos theory. And through that, I became interested in in fluid dynamics. Uh, and and through that, I found this book by Theodor Schwenk, uh, which is uh, called uh, "The Sensible Chaos, the Sensitive Chaos," mm -hmm. and 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 it, it was really very inspiring to me. Um, and in this whole book, he develops his view of how our bodies, our organs, our bones, everything is actually coagulated uh, fluidity. So it, there is a, 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 a flux going on, which then coagulates into bodies, for example, or into mm -hmm. other matter. And, and at the end of this book, he, he comes to the conclusion that from this viewpoint of how, uh, how the flow dynamics form certain organs and form mm, tissues and so on, the larynx is the most complex organ and it then it is able to um, bring out complex sound forms so he then goes on to conclude that uh, human beings somehow there is a connection arise from sound as well of course he also that's not the main point in his book but mm -hmm. he also weaves that in like the, that the fluid dynamics are also connected to sound. Yeah. So they, so uh, they, we arise from sound and then through that complex organ of the larynx, we are able to also put out complex forms of sound that again, through their reverberation can create. Mm -hmm. And so I was fascinated by that. And I immediately thought I need to get my larynx educated you know i want to learn about this and i had no idea you know i there was no no intention of not this idea i want to be on stage or something mm -hmm. like that it was purely this thing i want to learn this capacity to its fullest mm -hmm. and so i i had uh, musical lessons since early childhood learned uh, you know um, flute and uh, piano and guitar in elementary school and later also went to a musical gymnasium so but you also had... learned singing yes I did mm -hmm. I did singing but I never had proper like singing lessons mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I, I found a teacher like a classical I went to classical core repetition and it was great and it was very interesting and then after some time I started to feel um, that there was some kind of invisible limitation in this approach. And then at that time, I had actually started to sing in a band. Uh, be yeah, because one thing led to another. And, uh, uh, and through a, a band uh, colleague, member, um, I found then my singing teacher that I would call like my voice guru, Dolly mm -hmm. Mulane. And through her, I learned this approach of freeing the natural voice or you know yeah going beyond also too much of the aesthetics which does not mean that aesthetics are not very very important because they're healing as well but they can be also they can, can also become oppressive in a way you know and prevent us from unfolding 
anyway, so through that, then um, the whole time I was continuing my studies in biology. And, uh, and actually also in that time, I, I, I cannot really remember how it happened because I tried to remember since a few months to remember. Uh, I, I, I got my first set of tuning forks also. Mm. Um, and and I, I remember talking on the phone to the person that I ordered it from in Germany. So it was like, but I don't know how I got the, you know, the, the dépliant or something. Oh, maybe it was in a book that I bought about sound that 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 could be possible. Anyway, I got my first um, tuning forks. And then also in 2002, this was a little bit later, uh, there was uh, the Kalachakra initiation with mm -hmm. His Holiness the Dalai Lama. And I know you also have a strong connection uh, in, in Graz, in, in Austria. And mm -hmm. there I got myself a singing ball. Mm -hmm. First one, which I still have and which I still love strongly. But this kind of objects, it just, you know, floated around in my life. And I then I started to dance more and I started and through that I, I ended up in an acting group. And uh, and then after completing my biology uh, studies, I actually went on to study acting, physical acting, clowning. And through that also learned different approaches still to the voice, more for speaking voice and so on. Mm -hmm. So. I learned a lot in Vienna, in Austria. I went to Paris, and and then uh, uh, in two thousand eight, I started mainly to teach uh, improv acting, improv physical theater, improv, but also with, uh, always with a strong focus on voice. Mm -hmm. And and already in in the theater workshops, I I worked a lot with sound and voice and sounding, and uh, and then just the voice part became more and more stronger and I wanted also to like do it more separate and and by itself without the acting and uh, without yeah without the acting mainly and yeah and so it developed and and I learned more and more along the way and yeah so that's that's how it developed um, but I really have to say like this spark was this book, even though I wouldn't say I'm, you know, um, an adept of the ideas of that mm -hmm. book, you know, but uh, I probably would formulate it different from how he formulated it. And maybe Theodor Schwenk would say, no, it's not like that. It's <laughs> different, you know, in a way, like how his ideas were. But but still, it was really like uh, the, the spark for me to go into boys but they also realize that books are playing very big role in 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 our lives to to make some decisions in starting new profession or getting very inspired because it's always at least also for me it's the same world you got some book in the hands you read and you immediately understood i want to go that way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. really strong influence mm -hmm. yeah. so tell me what is about the sound that it makes it so relaxing and healing okay so we can go about this uh in a few different ways um i think one of the one of the aspects is that uh that sound is the origin of matter so if when we connect to sound we really connect to a very original plane mm. and um so that's one aspect. 
Another aspect is that uh, sound has a, a, a vibration that we can feel. We not only hear it, but we can feel it. Mm. And so this vibration that we can feel, it really goes through our whole body and it, it, it can be like a massage a little bit. Mm. You know, it, can, it can open and, and to a very subtle degree can open and change. And so we also call this the vibroacoustic effect of sound. Okay. Um, so that, that can be very relaxing. But then there is also a second main pathway of sound, which is called the psychoacoustic pathway. That's when we hear and the hearing changes us. And we all know that and we all use that all the time. You know, we, we, we choose a music for cleaning we choose another music for relaxing we choose a music for driving so uh, we actually use these effects in our life most most of us use it quite consciously you know after a certain situation maybe we like to put the earplugs in and hear like a strong rock piece you know like to mm. kind of uh, get it out or get our energy back, for example. So uh, in, in this sense, also, there is not like the sound that is healing, in my opinion, you know, it, it like all sounds can be healing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it just depends. And of course, it also depends on what we like and what we want to um, resonate with. Yeah. So it's also actually in generally can affect how we feel as well oh absolutely totally i mean uh, maybe uh, somebody listening also has this uh, has this experience like sometimes we feel like there's something stuck we need to kind of we would need to you know kind of let go and, and mm. cry but mm. it's not easy and then when we put that music piece on like within 30 minutes it's just flowing and, mm. and it's healing you know uh even that can be so healing to put on some music and just to cry and, and yeah. oh, reconnect to ourselves through that. So I think that's also one of the main points why sound is so healing or has such a direct healing power because it's, it reconnects us to ourselves. It really goes through the layers very directly. It can break, I mean, break it sounds dramatic but kind of penetrate through all our uh you know armoring that 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 is not bad there is nothing mm. bad about this armoring um maybe we need it or we needed it and but yeah sound can go through it and 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 free us also from our own restrictions and constrictions is it possible that sound could also harm us? Sure. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, we all know sound <laughs> drives us crazy. Um, there is something with, that we can do about it, of course, like when sound drives us crazy. One thing that we can try to do is um, to eliminate that's, that, that sound source, to, to take it serious, you mm. know, to mm. not just say, okay, there is this sound which is, uh, but to take it serious and to say, okay, I need to change 
my sound environment mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes it's not possible or if there is a construction site outside or things like that there might be slightly something we can do about it but not much and then exactly. what what we can do is we can switch to uh, really feeling the sound in our body more uh, and stop like, try to trying to stop to focus too much on the listening and on the what drives us crazy going into the body and feeling it as pure vibration and that sometimes can really help to to be with such a sound for example from a con construction site or or some other sounds that that might be bothering us yes or you can just also think you also can turn it to the to this type of the like listening meditation when you just try to yes. hear all of the sounds around and just accept them the way they are yes. no? Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. The listening meditation can be very spacious because mm -hmm. the, the, the ears open up a lot of space and often much more space than the, than the eyes, exactly. especially when we're inside a room. So, mm -hmm. we can, so we can listen to all that space and therefore also feel more space. And, and that can be very, very beneficial because many times when we feel claustrophobic, it, mm -hmm. we, we, we need that space to breathe and to, yeah, just to feel more spacious. And, and listening meditation can, can really help with that, enhance that feeling of, oh, I have space, there is space. And why is vocal sound considered a way of healing? And how exactly is it used? So um, I, I think there are probably almost infinite ways in a way to use vocal sound or maybe as many ways as there are beings, you know, mm -hmm. making vocal sound. Uh, so um, one aspect I would say from the perspective of opening the voice uh, is that by opening our full sound because our voice it's not like one one sound like one single sound there is like a fundamental sound and then there is a, a whole tapestry of of harmonics of, mm -hmm. of other sounds that come with the fundamental sound actually almost all sounds are always like that and our mm -hmm. voice as well so we can imagine uh, if we had a string of of a guitar or a violin or something that is just you know in space and, mm -hmm. and we pluck it then we hear something but there's not so much that we we hear and what really makes that full sound of an instrument is the corpus of the instrument the the body of the instrument and and also it's the same with our body so our voice is very much connected to our whole body and to the to the freedom of of resonance in our body and so opening all that opening our voice means also opening all that resonance in our body and and that in itself is a big healing process um, because many times um, we have we have patterns we have developed patterns that that close our voice in and and these are patterns that are in all 
in our whole body mm. and when we open these patterns this in itself it's a big healing process uh, of course we can also encounter deep wounds in that process um, uh, and heal these deep wounds in in the process so that's one aspect that uh, why vocal sound can be so healing because it just brings us back to the fullness of of our being and to the full expression of our being which is you know i it, um it, especially in in the in the vocal thing we can get very caught up in pictures of performance mm -hmm. you know so full expression we can immediately get the picture of performance it means like oh we are performing better or something mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. but if we just think of a flower that is just you know like flowering fully we can we can maybe connect more to an idea of full expression or you know full unfolding of our potential that is not performance oriented and not not even goal oriented in the sense of you know making it uh to to some degree whatever the making it is for us or in in the society that we live in so yeah so so just to to mention that that it, it's not about performance and then of course uh, vocal sound has been used since probably since humans started making vocal sound to heal mm. you know like the neolithic shamans exactly. already use that as as a tool to to uh, to harmonize to harmonize inside to harmonize outside to harmonize the connection between inside and outside harmonize the elements the connection with the elements and so it's a very primordial tool of um, of healing and uh, of course we can we can see it also as something that is very, um, very specific and there is, we can develop and we can learn. But at the same time, I would really also like to stress that it's something that is also very intuitively accessible and yeah. that we, we all have that. We all have a voice mm. and we all have our intrinsic harmony and our intrinsic sound and we can all start from there and we can also be guided by our intrinsic sound and, and and voice to deepen when we are interested and then of course uh, when we dedicate for years and years then we deepen and 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 when we gather more knowledge and we can learn from different teachers and so on um, but i i really want to stress that what i also like so much about the voice is that it's not about needing a so much education you know such and such years and so many certificates or whatever mm. in order to just start to use your own voice to to liberate your own being very interesting what you mentioned because you were saying that first that is uh, not to treat it as a performance itself in the beginning um me personally for for many years i've been I've been also doing singing like you also in the past you were doing singing in a band so also have like different projects and maybe in the past this was more as a performance 
lately i started actually in this project using my voice more intuitively as you say more just playing with the voices playing with like some tones and actually through the feeling through myself and it's more like improvisation what i also felt like um mm -hmm. um charging myself i'm also kind of my own meditation but i'm also kind of trying to transmit this energy to another people so mm -hmm. it's it has a different click and um what 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 they got uh, surprised me actually lately not long time ago maybe well i tried uh, vocal meditation uh, vocal mantras for a while was with the junk chen as well uh, teaching what is for me was also like a singer was another experience because i had to learn specific notes with a specific words and uh, there was a different meanings and that time I already also found it was actually not that easy as I thought and um, not long time ago I, I was uh, doing also chanting mantras with, uh, with Sadhguru, uh, he was doing teaching online and was, that was teaching followed by the long chanting of the one mantra and I haven't done this or maybe probably never, or maybe just a couple of times, this long time of the chanting. And for me as a singer, this was not easy, <laughs> you know? And this was, I was realized that I felt like a new, like a new child, like student learning thing, like from the beginning on, from completely zero. Uh, also training my voice to have specific way of singing, specific way of tones, words, uh, because it's also is the is the Indian way of singing is has completely different way than I used to learn you know and first of all yes that was very hard on this on the other side I discovered the power of it mm -hmm. how powerful this this thing is mm -hmm. because I as you mentioned that you really unleash some inner strength like mm -hmm. many possibilities many capacities mm -hmm. and I felt mm -hmm. this myself after mm -hmm. I don't know, after 10 minutes of chanting the same mantra, mm -hmm. I was, uh, I was, let's say, in a big euphoria in this moment. And mm -hmm. I really found the, 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 this magic. And, mm -hmm. uh, and this for sure was not about performance. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's another very um, important point that you're mentioning here, that you're touching here is, also with with mantras, um, I'm only familiar with mantras from Eastern, uh, mm. what we call the Eastern part of the mm. world, Asia. Um, um, but I'm sure they exist in all cultures in a way, exactly. in that sense that it is something also that goes on through time. So mm -hmm. when we do a mantra that has been uh, sung or chanted or recited for maybe thousands of years, then mm -hmm. we also connect to that field of millions of people who have chanted and who have also realized something through that. So that's also, there we also connect to something that is really outside of ourselves. And that's also the strength of mantra practice. And, and another point that, that you brought in here is of course intention. Mm. So that's also a very, very um, important part of any sound healing, really, but also especially of sound healing with the voice is 
that um, yeah that there happens a synergy between our consciousness the conscious intent mm. and 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 the sound so mm. I even I don't even want to say it doubles the effect or mm-hmm. something like that there's just the, the yeah the, there's something more happening than simply singing and 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 I I think I mean I think many 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 sound healers feel exactly uh, the same that um, this in the performance world of music mm. uh, many times uh, this aspect got or is at least very much in the background it's more yeah. about aesthetics it's more about mm. uh, a certain other um, things and and um, exactly what you were saying what, this 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 communicating actually mm. something communicating a state uh, in the performance or in the in the making of the of the sound of the music uh, it has it, yeah more went more and more to the background mm. i mean it's also not true because there are states that are very much co- like state of euphoria or state of you know feeling cool or mm, mm. so on but i'm i'm more talking about you know like um, a state that is beyond this exactly. uh, volatile experiences mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. against this volatile experience i love to put some music on to get, put me in a certain state yeah. yeah well it's just about the different time and the different needs exactly mm-hmm. and how the vocal toning meditation can be a part of this healing uh, so yeah, uh, what we can do is um, uh, things that we've touched uh, upon. So we can do mantras. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can do simple vowel sounds also, like the um, vowels of the of the Sanskrit alphabet, for mm-hmm. example, are, are very strong uh, mm-hmm. mantras by mm-hmm. itself. Just one vowel. Mm-hmm. Um, we can apply intuitive toning mm-hmm. um, and again it's something we can get better at or we not even better at we can get more confident with our intuition uh, with experience mm-hmm. but we can all do it everybody can start with intuitive toning and and then we can add of course intention yeah so you could even try a little something yes <laughs> yeah let's Shall do it try? let's right do now? it okay let's do it <laughs> okay so everybody join us please <laughs> i invite you to close your eyes and if closing your eyes um raises some you know um nervousness then just just uh, let the eyelids sink and keep your eyes a little bit open and go inside with your awareness feel the body let yourself sink into the body maybe one or two deeper exhalations
And then come with your awareness to your heart area. Feel your breath in the heart area. You connect to your heart area. And just listen. And just let a sound come. Just how it's being called. And I will not make a sound too, because everybody has their very individual sound. Just let the gentle sound flow out, in and out of your heart area. Loudness is not important. Volume is not important. It can be very gentle. could be even a hum. And then just come back to silence and rest in that silence. Okay. Wow. Hmm. How was that? Did you sound? Mm -hmm. How was it? I didn't expect it's going to be that high note. Because normally somehow I always think that I'm I'm more like the lower tone. I think first mm -hmm. every time when they chanting, Om, and so I always have like a very deeper. I didn't know that heart is sounding so high note. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we could even speak about our specific heart note. Uh, yeah, is there is a meaning? Uh, well, I personally um, have the. I feel like the, 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 it changes, the sound mm -hmm. of the heart changes. Uh -huh. And I feel like, how could it not? You know, like everything changes. Exactly. With the seasons of the year, with the moon, with in a day, you know, of course it changes. But there are also some uh, schools that say, no, it doesn't change. You always have, mm -hmm. have that one note. Mm -hmm. um, and as many times, I think both probably both are have some truth or mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I would say changes. And so connecting to the heart note of the moment can be a very uh, strong moment of connection to ah, 
Yes, exactly. Um, how I mentioned before, it's kind of it's 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 going more to the besides all the things that we think or that that might be there. It really can just touch the core beyond words, beyond explanation, beyond needing even words or explanation. It just touches the core. So, is this mm. also then can work this type of meditation for? different parts of the body related with yes. the different chakras i guess to yes say, no? yes yes of course of course so here we also we can have different systems um i like very much a system that i've learned through jonathan goldman with mm -hmm. vowel sounds where mm -hmm. you um you use specific uh, uh specific specific sounds uh, but you search for them inside of you in a sense of that you really feel when you're connecting to that area to the root for example or to the navel you really feel that resonant connection so you you can really if people want to uh, want to try it and maybe also after by themselves you can just start by experimenting um like uh, like this you go down for example with your voice hmm. And you search for the place where you really feel, oh, that's the sound of my root right now. Wow. And then we can go higher and find the sound of our navel, of the solar plexus, heart, throat, of course, um, and, uh, and the third eye, and then the um, seventh chakra at the crown. So we can work with the seven chakra system, which is um, derived mainly from Indian systems. Mm -hmm. And but also there are systems where we can use specific mantras, mm -hmm. also mainly uh, used from the Indian system. They are called Bija mantras. Bija means seed, so they're mm -hmm. like seed mantras. They can be seed mantras for the chakras, or it can also be the seed mantras of the elements that mm -hmm. can be used in combination with the chakras. So where, for example, we use the um, seed, the Bija mantra for the element earth for the root chakra. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, there are also different systems. Some are connected with specific uh, tones and others are not connected to specific tones. So it doesn't matter. It's just also just the words, I think. I know that yes. like this Ram, Lam. Yes, this, no? exactly. Yes, these are exactly the Bija mantras for the elements, for example. Yes, and they are really seen as as the vibration of the essence of that element yeah can go beyond that you know we can also just sound into our shoulder or into another body part you know just getting present with our body and we can just feel okay there is a body part that is calling for a sound and just mm -hmm. sounding in into it uh, yeah so then it's also maybe possible to if you say any type of the body part, maybe even if you have a pain in some specific part of the body, you can also tone yes. use the tone for that part, no? Absolutely. So again, there's there's one uh, thing that we can do with pain is kind of releasing out, mm -hmm. kind of bringing sounds out. Mm -hmm. And that can be maybe even, you know, cr crazy sounds or you know, whatever, you know, can be like, mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> even mm. Uh, mm. something like that 
or just releasing, you know, just feeling. I actually, um, after this summer, after all the lockdowns um, in the summer, uh, walking in the, you know, the woods and, and all that, that life of, of the summer woods, uh, I really started to do that in the woods to because I felt all this pressure and all this heaviness, even though I had quite a, a good conditions during the lockdowns, but still also the collective thing. So I really started to just sound out oh, ah, 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 and sound it all out. So we can do that with with pain. Um, I would advise to be a little bit careful when you feel like you're sucked into the pain, you know, mm -hmm. you're kind of sucked in. Maybe the pain is connected to something very painful, even traumatic. So mm -hmm. I would be careful with that. And I would not advise to do that uh, on your own. I mean, of course, everybody can decide for themselves. But I still want to give a little warning here because mm -hmm. it might not be healing you know just to yeah. go being sucked in and then being full in the full-blown story of the pain mm. so that's why I'm, I'm saying to be careful with that um so we can like release out like that but then also we can we can call in or we can open as i said with the vibroacoustic quality mm -hmm. it can be incredibly strong like it's especially for example back pains it can be, I hear also uh, from other peoples over and over again, it's, it can be so surprising because you wouldn't think, if you would think like you need someone like working on your back because it's mm. so painful and mm. so closed up, but actually the just gentle sounds. Again, searching for the sound that really resonates. Maybe in the lower back, it's, it's a lower sound. It can be so opening and so releasing. And again, emotions can come and things that we, we are holding there can come through that. Um, what is uh, here? What, what, what is a little point we can, we can pay attention to is that sometimes when we are in pain, we are like so in pain that um, here comes the, the, the aspect of intention that we start to almost like project that pain yeah. state into the pain. And that sometimes it can really also lead to a stronger constriction, especially with headache, for example. So it's really important here to bring intention in and to, for example, have uh, an internal uh, image of of what the outcome should be. And that internal image could be, you know, a relaxed back if you have an image for that, but it also could be just an open sky or, you know, yeah. sunset on the beach. Yeah. Some image that is really healing for you. That really like, uh, is the image of, ah, oh, this pain is loosening and I'm becoming free from it. Yeah. And so we can use this image to, to, and sound it into the to the painful part it's a very strong tool actually yes <laughs> and 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 it's it's for free and it's, it's everybody has it everybody mm. has it all the time with them mm. i like the breath also do you have any special memories of or experiences of sound or voice healing that you that you would like to share 
yeah, I, a very strong experiences with sound where I really for the first time I was really like blown away was um, when I was invited to uh, to a group in Vienna that was doing sound um, uh, sound research, but with vocal sound, and uh, it was uh, around a group around the philosopher Roland Stasny, who was a kind of he was gathering people to do his research with mm. with with the vocal sound. And he had developed this, or I don't know if he had, but he was working and experimenting with what he would call object toning. So mm -hmm. we would uh, connect to objects with sounds, uh, and for example, for healing, but also for visionary work. And uh, so I had very intense experiences really of, um, of, of like everything vibrating and also this communication with, with objects that of course then sometimes we might think okay is that is, is it like a tool that I'm using to actually communicate with a deeper level of myself mm -hmm. or you know, like a collective aspect collective as aspect of consciousness mm. um, yeah but in, in, in these sessions and this is this was I think 2006, 2000, 2007, I was very, very involved in that. So uh, there really, I realized this is, I cannot even, at that time I felt like I cannot even grasp it, but this is immense. And so I'm also using object toning in a lot of my workshops because I really, it, it can be almost, like it can be used almost like tarot reading, for example. Yeah, know? because I try to now understand, and... understand how does it work, the, the object then tuning. Well, for example, you can, very simple is you, you take an uh, object that is pure, you know, strength for you, mm -hmm. pure strength and like a, a strength object, no mm -hmm. ambiguity about it. Mm -hmm. And for example, if you have a question, you, you place it in front of you and you can connect visually and then you connect through sound. And I know I, for me also the first time I was like, what you connect through sound? It's just, <laughs> you connect through sound. And I know from my workshops, I've done it with hundreds of people. And, and, and people say, well, how? And, and I say, let's just try it out, you know? And afterwards people are like, whoa, <laughs> it worked, you know? So it, it works. It is, it's also part of intention, of course, you know? Mm intention intention to connect to that object and and the connection and then you sound and then when you really feel the connection for example maybe the answer already comes it comes quicker it's uh -huh. faster than you can think or you can really like sound your question for example you know what's the next step what's the next step i don't know the next step i don't know where to go mm. True, it's like a tarot cards, you say, then you yeah. get the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, it, it's in a way then kind of, it's like kind of telepathic communication <laughs> with, the, with the object. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know about telepathy other than I very often know things mm. before, but yeah, probably that's, a, that's called telepathy. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
how do you think how the actually humans how well do they understand this instrument or this tool like a voice and uh, um, nowadays i think uh, there are many humans who understand very well uh, but they're not maybe the most uh, prominent and well heard humans mm. but i think there are many humans who know that tool very 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 well and um it, it's coming to the forefront it's coming more and more uh there is a lot of research being done and there is um, there are researchers uh, that uh, like john stewart raid i think you say his last name he's really one of the pioneers he's the in, uh, inventor of the cymoscope that is a device uh, for imaging sound mm -hmm. waves and um maybe you yeah maybe people are familiar with with mm -hmm. these images that look like mandalas but mm -hmm. are actually sound on on water in, mm -hmm. in the most cases i think it's distilled water uh, i mean it's not on what like sound through the distilled water i think would be the more correct way to phrase it mm. and and he, he for example is working on a tool um that uh, where you use sound because um, uh, healthy cells and unhealthy cells like cancer cells have a different, they, they look different through sound. Mm. Um, uh, so I don't know the, the total details of that, but he's working on a, on, um, on a tool with which, uh, uh, how you say, a chirurg, like someone who who operates people, uh -huh. a, a medical doctor yeah, who is, uh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, exactly, the surgeon, uh, uh, where the surgeon can precisely see where the, the malignant, the uh, tumor cell, the cancer cells end and the healthy cells start, which apparently in some operations is really not easy to distinguish and can also lead to, I don't know, harm or leaving in uh some of the of the of the cancer cells and mm. so on so uh, this is a sound device that really changes um the, the possibility of of dividing and that's not like some far out edge research as far as i understand but it's it's coming strongly into the medical community so i think this is quite it's and it's not an idea for the future i think it's quite developed uh this um uh, this technique and for example, the same researcher, uh, John Stuart Raid, I think Raid, I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, actually. Um, uh, he also did research with, uh, with a medical doctor on, uh, you know, sound, the effect of sound on blood samples mm -hmm. to kind of see uh, what effect the sound had on um, had on uh, the vitality of the blood samples and they they found that especially strong bass frequencies had a very positive effect on the blood samples wow. uh, so um and and it's it, it what strikes is the similarity to the shamanic drum you know uh, and also to to yeah i mean I'm definitely sure that that you know there are some um, aspects of uh, 
hip hop or even techno music that are deeply healing. And that's why mm, kids mm. are, so I was very attracted to techno music and to dancing for hours to those Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's, I think really it, it, there, there is also this aspect that it is healing. There is a healing aspect to also to the lot of movement, but also to the beats. Anyways, um, uh, they concluded that it, it could like in this interview that I heard with him, he was saying that he, he could imagine that in maybe in 10 years time uh, on the intensive care beds, some devices that create this uh, base frequencies could be like a standard thing because uh, it's clear that they enhance healing and they enhance vitality. And uh, exactly. so, for example, so this is these are things that are really moving into the medical, uh, yeah, into the medical field. So, uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully, we still will see this happening because it's, it's it's amazing. Exactly, if it's affecting the the blood cells, it's it would be a completely game changer in the in the, yes. in the medicine and evolution yes. of the medicine. Yes. So I think there's a lot of people who know about the power of sound, who know about the power of vocal sound, um, a lot of uh, spiritual practitioners mm. who really know about the power of vocal sound. Uh, uh, yeah, so, but many people probably are not aware. That's also true. Therefore, for a person to, to heal, they, they must be actively involved in the, in the process. How can someone do this by using the voice as a tool? I mean, there is also, also in vocal sound healing, there is the possibility, possibility for so-called passive uh, sound healing. Well, or we can say sound therapy because sound healing always has this connotation of, you know, this, uh, this aspiration maybe, or mm. not aspiration, how you say this, um, um, I'm uh, looking for the word, you know, that can get even in the way of healing, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. not, not, not letting it's just like too much, you know, or healing yeah. uh, or we make it happen or, you know, like mm. applying too mm. much of that. Mm. I'm going to make it happen or, mm -hmm. or, or I'm going to let it happen and so mm -hmm. on. But anyway, there can be uh, the passive aspect of simply receiving vocal sound sounds vocal mm -hmm. tonings uh, also receiving mantra so that's also a thing that has been practiced for thousands and thousands of years mm. uh, on this planet and then of course there's the active form and and as i said i think really people it's really underestimated how what a healing aspect it has to open the voice um yeah and then, of course, simply singing, you know, simply putting on your favorite music and singing to it is incredibly, can be incredibly healing. And, uh, and, and has, it also shows healing uh, effect. So listening to your favorite music also shows to have very healing effects. It's clear that you have more dopamine in your blood after that sure. or in your in your saliva, I'm not sure how where the, the, the measurements were made, but anyway, you have more dopamine, you have, uh, you feel better and so on, the mood is better. Um, but of course, when you use our own voice, all these, all these things are enhanced. So using our own voice, um, singing alone, singing with others, there is a little difference when we sing alone and uh, we sing with others, but there is a lot of health benefits that come 
from using our voice, which go to, um, of course, we have what I already mentioned, we develop dopamine. Maybe sometimes it's not clear, you know, is, is the dopamine developed because we feel good or do we mm-hmm. feel good because of mm-hmm. dopamine? Anyway, <laughs> we can measure the and that's another point here that we're touching that I'm kind of passionate about is to also reclaim our subjectivity. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we don't need a blood sample to understand if we feel good or not. Yeah. You know, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You know, if people feel good, that should be good enough mm-hmm. in a way, you know, it's like, yeah. But anyways, there has been uh, a lot of research and there still is going on a lot of research because, of course, there's also, I'm not saying only uh, subjectivity, of course, uh, research also uh, gives us some, uh, some broader picture. And so uh, when we tone with the voice, for example, uh, other, in all ourselves, um, other uh, things, I mean, things, other chemicals are created, like, for example, nitric oxide, which has also been, uh, again, more in the media during the COVID times, Mm. um, because it's also an antiviral and it's created mainly in our nasal cavities. So, for example, humming in our nasal cavities increases nitric oxide a lot and it has been shown to really reduce sinusitis even chronic sinusitis could be healed by simply humming uh, 15 to 20 minutes into your sinuses every day yes absolutely so this is like uh, like full research with big samples and control groups and so on Um, but also nitric oxide is built in other parts of our body and then of course we inhale it and it goes to the lungs where it's very beneficial and also spreads to our body and uh, melatonin rises when we sing so that melatonin is also important for our um, um, for our immunity but it's also important it's very known for sleeping exactly for Mm. relaxing and for having a good relaxed sleep melatonin is very important and then uh what else when we sing together of course also oxytocin is Mm -hmm. um is released which is this strong bonding chemical i mean yeah i'm a little bit reluctant to say okay we feel bonded because there is a chemical i don't don't think (laughs) i think the chemical is also there (laughs) okay but yeah and and that's for good and for bad you know it's also what i don't know hooligans why they feel bonded you know when they when they sing together a hooligans like song i mean yeah so or that's why probably also when you go to war uh, it can be very archaic, you know, songs. So there, there is an incredibly strong power in, in singing together and have a, having a common rhythm also. That's true. That's true. Well, well it, it, you do remind me with this sports thing. Uh, I remember when it was like, I don't know, was it that uh, of football, some uh, uh, championship or was that, uh, I don't remember, when the Icelandic... Icelandic team uh, were like having like a ritual that before every game they were all standing and they were all singing this um, Viking, you know, <laughs> like, like, and it was amazing. It's like even just from listening, you get in this mood. So, of course, this elevates kind of 
being yeah being united it elevates the power absolutely absolutely and and i think it's really something that we're missing is uh like opportunities to sing together and also yeah. dance together of course yeah. and and you know also move in the same rhythm but also sing together and, and i mean just coming back to your question from before so these are a few of the health benefits and there are more uh, mm. health benefits to singing and 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 everybody can access that by simply uh putting on music and singing along you know mm, mm. um yeah and 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 of course also searching for other possible possibilities right like, i think everywhere you know you can find uh, e like open mantra chanting evenings or things like that yeah. so if people feel attracted to that probably they'll they, they'll find something uh, not only in their vicinity, if if they live somewhere where there's not probably even online now, uh, not even for sure online, mm -hmm. you will find also. So there there's a lot of possibilities to connect to 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 soundings, and and to um, because it can be helpful to make sounds in a group can be helpful. But already singing along to a to to a to a song can be also helpful. So that's. That's one aspect, of course, um, and how how people can really participate in into sound healing. And then the other point is, I really like to encourage everybody to to start to to like to take the time and space to uh, investigate, to mm. just be curious, you know, exactly to feel into yourself and just start to sound however it comes out and and without focusing too much on how it sounds focusing more on how it feels in in the body and how it makes you feel and also being kind of um uh, using that as a compass to navigate the sound how how does it feel how does it develop uh, and and trying to put the ear more to the background or the the judgmental ear more to the background and then the other thing that we were just touching about is that this, uh, I mean, I think this happened really in the last decades, even stronger with all the recordings available all the time, everywhere. Yeah. Um, that people don't sing. It's not normal anymore. Mm. I don't know, at birthday parties, mm. we sing maybe a song for, mm. for the birthday one minute or so yeah. but we don't go on to sing songs together just to enhance our mood we put on recorded music uh to to enhance our mood or to to make it uh, yeah to change our to be with music so that that's also something that we've really lost this kind of opportunities to uh, make to to sing and make music together and it, that, there's exactly also stronger this divide between Oh, music is something that performers do. You know? mm, mm. Singing is something that happens on a stage mm. and the others watch and are silent. It's mm. not something that we all do and that is a normal uh, aspect of our life and that we enjoy together and that we look forward to, oh, at this next family reunion, I'm looking forward to the singing together. It's true because our grandparents or grand grandparents were actually doing that. They were sitting, if it's the celebration, family celebration, everyone was singing and sitting and singing and uh, having a wine or the drinks and singing. And like so many, that's why is the whole 
ethno we have the whole ethnographical part from different uh, from different cultures coming is from that from togetherness and yeah and as you say now it's this true is is disappearing more and more that you were mentioning also that it's important this uh, in the group together and the singing and the dancing. Um, in the last episode, we talked about Tibetan Buddhism and Yantra Yoga. Uh, I know you are also a teacher of Vajra dance, um, which is also has something to do with the, with the dancing together, and which is also closely related um, to a topic we are talking about. So many people don't know about the Vajra dance. Could you tell us something about its origin and function and how can we benefit from that oh yeah oh yeah um so the vajra dance uh, comes from a great tibetan master dzogchen master chugyanam kainorbu uh, and he brought it to this plane and uh, it's uh, vajra means our true nature so mm. it's it's a dance uh in which we can discover or connect to our true nature. And it's, uh, it's a, basically also a meditation in movement. Mm. So uh, there is a specific mandala uh, on which we dance and we sing specific mantras. We have specific movements. So we do that in a group. And uh, this has a deeply harmonizing effect uh, on our body our energy, our mind. And so it's also um, a very strong uh, tool for entering deeper into practice, for entering deeper into, in, yeah, into the connection to meditation practice, for example. But it's also in itself a meditation practice. So mm -hmm. uh, it is as a practice, a way um, and, and the main point here is, uh, I said it's a meditation in movement, um, because movement is a very important part of our life. So we, by that, is not, we don't say, we don't mean only physical movement mm -hmm. is important, but we have always the movement of our thoughts, the movement mm -hmm. of our emotions. Um, yeah, I mean, from yesterday, uh, with, with starting the crisis or the war in Ukraine, uh we can experience but i mean we all experience also without a war mm, uh, mm. strong enough and especially last two years with covid we can have this of these strong movements inside ourselves and yes where we it's difficult to find the center point so that's why uh, we can also have meditation in movement for example we also have walking meditations um to to connect the meditation, the stillness, the, the centeredness of the meditation uh, with the state of, of movement. Mm. Uh, because sometimes uh, we, can, uh, um, we, it, we can experience like that. There is so much movement and, and meditation, we need to get away from that movement and we need to go on the meditation cushion. And then we have the feeling like, here I cannot meditate, or today yes. I cannot meditate yes. because I'm so ex uh, excited, or someone else is bothering me with their movement and mm. noises or so exactly. on, so I cannot meditate. So it becomes like uh, like two things, like we have the normal life and then it's kind of, 
we need to get away to meditate or yeah. we need to kind of meditation is something that we lose in normal life. So mm. me meditation in movement and especially the Vajra dance, it's really about uh, becoming skillful in bringing the state of meditation into the movement. So we don't have to stop the movement. We mm. still have the emotions. We still have the, the, the intense feelings or thoughts maybe, but we don't lose our, our center. We're not carried away or thrown around by them. We are still in our center and we experience all that movement uh, stable in our center. And how many people are normally in a group when, they, when you do the Davajra dance? Um, there are different uh, uh, kinds of dances, but in the, uh, in the most common dances, we have 12 people on one mandala. Uh, so usually six female, six male. And, uh, but if the space allows, we can have more than one mandala. So then there can be bigger groups also dancing. And people are moving with closed eyes. No, no, no. Open eyes. Open. Okay. Because uh, that's also, we have all our senses open. That's also part of integrating meditation into movement is we have our Aware. senses open. Mm -hmm. So we don't need to close off from the mm -hmm. sense, mm -hmm. uh, from, the, from the sense objects, from the, in, from the incoming uh, or perceived incoming mm. things through the senses. But mm. exactly, we are present with all that comes in through the ears, through the eyes through everything mm. uh, and what could be your essential tips on how to center yourself and navigate these stressful times my essential tips i would be what i come back to in lately uh, a lot which is uh resting taking breaks during the day um at, I like to really, I know maybe not everybody has the possibility. I work a lot of, at home and uh, especially in the first uh, times of COVID, I had like nine hour work days and, 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 and seven days a week or six at least. Anyway, I, I'm just saying that because I, I'm afraid to sound like, you know, some, somebody who's super privileged and can lie down during the day. And I just want to say, no, I also really have to carve out and I have to be very force yourself, clear no. to do that. Yeah, force myself in a way or to be very, to say, no, this is important. And um, so I'm really lying down um, or uh, taking really breaks, like just sitting and watching, feeling the body. I like to say feeling the butt mm. on mm. in the chair, just mm. feeling arriving breathing you know uh, more than once a day opening my breath connecting to my breath and then what i like to do uh lately a lot is just quick sounding into the heart because mm -hmm. i feel like my heart is like mm -hmm. you know when, when i do these moments of presence i feel like oh my heart is a little bit mm -hmm. so uh, just sounding a little bit into the heart yeah and just um just just taking time and and when when we connect to these moments then they can be very short it can be five minutes uh 10 minutes or sometimes even 20 minutes but that's what i what i've kind of 
come back to and developed in the last month. Uh, additionally, to you know the meditation practices that I that I'm used to do every day, but I find that these very basic things are very important for me. This is it's good that you mentioned that it actually is enough to do it even for just for a couple of minutes or for five minutes, and. Uh, in, in our busy times, I think it's actually very important to dedicate at least these minutes for, for our, for our uh, rest. And yes, most of us, we can really afford that. It's yes. Yeah. It's also my experience is also that the online working, it has, it has this trap of that mm. you, you go to the second and then you switch on the second yeah. <laughs> on that yeah. second you know more yeah. or less instead of saying okay no it's 10 to to the full hour or whatever mm. where my next appointment or my mm. next meeting or something is and so i'm stopping now and i'm taking a break really mm -hmm. well in one of the in one of the episodes uh, i was speaking with um about work and life balance and with one professional who is uh, working uh, in the big music industry. And that's what she mentioned as well. I'm, I'm scheduling even my, my rest, my minutes to rest just all day on the computer. But then at some point I, I have a reminder telling me, okay, just step aside, have a deep breath in, breathe out, a bit rest and then come back so we can manage all, all of us it's not in the end yes. it's not even the privileged things because of this few minutes we we all can make it yes yes i was just saying you know if you sit in a in a big uh, you know in a big um bureau somewhere yeah. with 10 other people you might not be able to lie down you might have to find other ways to kind of yes. do your relaxing or mm. your centering. Mm. So that what I was thinking about, or if you, you know, if you're mm. out somewhere, uh, yeah, it can be difficult to, or not difficult, just other ways are needed, mm. you know, mm. to really find uh, ways to center and reconnect. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely gonna, gonna use the the heart uh, toning meditation I was trying with you today. I think this is something that you can use every every day or whatever you are, because if it's just inside toning, it's, you don't even have to make the sound. No, it's even it, like uh, as a, a very subtle hum you can do in the subway. No one will hear, especially exactly. now. We still have the FFP2 masks. Is uh, for that it's it's really good. You can mm. really. Like I do it in the subway, mm. like very subtle hums mm, mm, and in the train as well, for example. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. Sometimes I think I'm not sure if, if the person sitting beside <laughs> me actually hears it, but it's more like, oh, oh, <laughs> no, like just act normal. <laughs> here. I, I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> And I would like to go now for the last three closing questions, which I'm always asking to my guests. So how does your morning routine look like? My morning routine looks like getting up, tongue scraper, brushing my teeth, <laughs> boiling water, and then sitting down for meditation. How long do you yeah. do your meditation in the mornings? Um, it 
depends a little bit also on my mood. Like I, I, I try not to force anything, but between 40 minutes and 60, 70 minutes. Wow. But I, I, I mean, I, I don't do like um, silent sitting mm. for that period of time. I do mantra practice and yeah, mantra meditation. Mm-hmm. You mentioned today many important books uh, that made you click and made you be interested in becoming who you are now. But is there any important book that really helped you to you to improve during the years and that you would like to recommend also to other people? You know, I, I thought about this question and I noticed that lately I've been thinking about the book uh, I think it's called Women Who Run With the Wolves. By uh, you're the third person. You're the third person in this podcast and mentioning this book. It's, so, <laughs> it's really because I don't have it anymore and I never read it a second time and I never looked back into it. But I, yes. I, I realized that I'm thinking about it because I think there are some things in there that really stayed with me. For example, you know, when you feel stuck, just cry as much as you need. Yeah. For example. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Or that, like, uh, really. For uh, another thing for me is like really, baking and cooking can be uh, an act of really inner alchemical transformation. Like not approaching everyday cooking. Like I don't mm-hmm. approaching everyday cooking. But there are certain states where cooking baking it can really bring about some transformation and 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 these are things that i have from there and that i that i do so i think i think it's yeah yeah it's amazing it must be a really powerful book because you're the third person who say this <laughs> so i that really right after our spe- speak I, i will order this book because it must be the best <laughs> And what are you currently most passionate about? Currently, I'm uh, working a lot with um, Sanskrit alphabet. Mm. Uh, really uh, looking and learning. I'm reading a great book about that mm-hmm. by, uh, yeah, um, I think David Frawley, I think is the, mm-hmm. is the author. And he's also, um, yeah, anyway, I'm really, I'm really really passionate about that about this uh, idea or not this idea about this sound architecture of the of the sanskrit alphabet which we also use in the tibetan traditions uh, to we we recite um, there are different there are different versions of, of mm. the sanskrit alphabet. Mm. there's not like the one version and also in the tibetan tradition they use different versions and we also use it in our in our lineage um, Uh, it's used to after the mantra practice you recite it to to kind of clear uh, s- some imbalances that might have create created during the mantra practice so it's said to have this very strong clearing and harmonizing effect especially on the throat chakra but on the whole subtle body so uh, yeah and 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 then it, each sound of the Sanskrit alphabet is uh, said to have a more specific, um, uh, specific resonance in a way, mm-hmm. you know, like specific meaning, specific 
uh, aspect specific uh, re resonant area in the body and so on. So I'm, I'm really interested in that and I'm really into, I really like the sound of in the moment. I'm mm -hmm. experimenting a lot with <laughs> and and of course it's uh, also so-called cerebral sound mm -hmm. so it goes to the to the to the chakras up here or yeah True, because also. then through that sound you're vibrating the mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. the head no mm -hmm. yeah vibrating. yeah yeah and it's also uh, a way uh, uh, i mean not the r sound but more the r, r, this kind of american r, r mm -hmm. sound is also a way for uh, for bringing out overtones. So yeah, this is what I'm currently experimenting with, with the Sanskrit alphabet and the, the vowels of the Sanskrit alphabet and the R. <laughs> I, I'm reading at the moment the, the book of the sutras and also they are all in, in Sanskrit language and the, the whole introduction is first to understand the Sanskrit language and alphabet. Oh. I was very also uh, interested in like seeing how it's actually there is a difference of between ours and theirs and how many also ways of of speaking so i'm also trying to trying to when i read the interpretation in english i also read or try to read always the the original just for just for my own curiosity but it's it's very difficult as well no oh yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even read it in, you know, like Devanagari or anything. I just yeah. read it, it transliterated in, into Western script. <laughs> and uh, the last thing, uh, tell to everyone where they can find you, how they can find you, if case they want to learn the voice toning meditations or the Vajra dance or anything else. And please. Oh yeah, so uh, for the Vajra dance, there is um, a website which is uh, vajradance.org. Mm -hmm. Oh, I should check. Let me check. But <laughs> I'll, um, I will put it also in the description. Yes, so it's uh, vajradance.org. I'm pretty sure maybe vajradance.net, but I think it's vajradance.org, and there you will find. Uh, all, all the Vajra dance instructors uh, mm -hmm. worldwide and you can find someone in your vicinity or a center in your vicinity mm -hmm. um, but also probably if you google Vajra dance you can find someone close to you mm -hmm. or a place close to you um, uh, and uh, uh, the other things um, I found through my website elishakoppensteiner.com and I also teach in English, especially um, sing, like one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions. For now, I'm, uh, all my online courses are in German. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so that's a limitation, um, the German language right now. But one-on-one, uh, -on -one, I have um, students, clients in English. So uh, yeah, that works well. And of course, and if you wanted, to, if someone wanted to organize a workshop, that's also very possible online or on site. Uh, yeah, in English as well. And then there is my YouTube channel im Einklang, uh, where you can find uh, sound baths, but uh, also oh. uh, guided meditations, sound meditations, and they're also in German right now. The guided meditations. 
I've been thinking of switching to English for a few years now. Oh, please. I, I would be the one oh, listening yeah. all the time. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, maybe, maybe it's time to switch to English. Yeah, maybe it is. And um, yeah, and then, then there is my Instagram, but I'm not very active on Instagram. I'm just posting every now and then. Yeah. Alicia, thank you so much for, for being in this podcast, for taking part in this conversation. It's been such a pleasure for me. Thank you. Thank you, Yogile. Really, it's, it's been really a very beautiful conversation and I really like the, the energy that you bring. I really enjoy it very much. Thank you. And I wish you all, all the best in your all of the future projects and all of the present projects. And uh, I really hope we're going to speak anytime in the future about more about the digging more about maybe the sound and maybe about the different types of the meditations. Oh, yeah. I would love to and thank you for your wishes and I would love to hear your sounds <laughs> and your music. So I'm looking forward to that when we can hear more from that. Yeah. Thank you so much to everyone who also watched uh, this video with me and Alicia. I hope you enjoyed the, the heart toning uh, short meditation this way, the same way as I did. And um, hope from now on i'll keep on doing now regularly back to my regularly monthly podcast and yes if you if you like the video just push the thumbs up and see you next time bye bye thank you everybody bye